welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. How's it going? How y'all doing right there? You hanging in there? You doing, are you doing well? Life great? Living the dream? All the things? Maybe not. Maybe you're just like, mm, I'm here. I, uh, I'm just like, hanging in there, right? Going through the motions of the day. I know what that's like. Like, I, yep, totally know what that's like. You are in good hands here because wherever you are, wherever you are, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your time with me. Thanks for, uh, for letting me in your ear, right? Giving me the opportunity to help you get unstuck. I have a, a lot of listeners that'll message me and be like, Pamela, like, it's like you're in my head. Like, I can hear your words in my head. And thank you. That's awesome. Um, it is such an honor to be walking on this journey with so many of you. And I just want to say thanks. And you're amazing. If no one has told you this today or lately, you, my friend, are amazing. You are. I know you're amazing. Even, even, even if I have never met you, with most of you, I haven't. I know you're amazing. I know you're amazing, even if we've never met. How? How could I possibly know that? Well, I know that because you're on this planet right now, at this time, listening to this very podcast at this exact moment. You're amazing because you're alive. Have you ever sat back and thought about the likelihood, like the odds of you existing, of you even being born? This is kind of like a window into my brain right now because this is the stuff I think of. Like, what are the odds of actually being born? And when you think about, because I'm going to dive into this for you, all right? So like, stick with me here for a second. This is how I know that you're amazing because when you think about how many people are on this planet, just the the sheer volume of the number of people who are on this planet and your parents somehow found one another. Not only did they just find one another, they had a child. That child being you, right? Pretty amazing. It doesn't just stop there though. Like when you start to factor in, not only did your parents manage to find each other and have you, but then like their parents manage to find each other and have them and like yada, yada, yada. Like you can go back through the family tree here and just look at like your ancestors and yeah, they they found each other and they found each other and they found each other and they all had children and it ended up like you. Here you are. And throughout all of that, there have been wars. There's been famine. There have been a lot of things that have happened, but yet here you are. Like what are the odds of that? I actually have the odds for you, not because I calculated it. That goes well above my pay grade, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dr. Ali Ben-Nazir of Harvard, he did this calculation. And you want to know the odds of you existing, of you being born, are about one in 400 quadrillion. 400 quadrillion. I don't even know how like how many zeros that is. I think it's like 24 zeros after 400. It's a ton. Pretty much what it's saying is like the odds of you even existing are practically zero. <laughs> I mean, it's true. 
I want to put this even more into perspective for you because like 400 quadrillion, meh, uh, yeah, I, my brain can't even be wrapped around how small the chances are of, of like me existing, of you existing. But somebody wrote this story to kind of give a perspective and, and I didn't write this, but I, I don't know who it was. I couldn't, I couldn't find their name to give them credit. Just know that I did not come up with this. But imagine, imagine that there's like one life preserver and it is thrown somewhere in the ocean. And there is exactly one turtle in all of the oceans. One turtle. And it's swimming under the water somewhere. The probability that you came about and exist today is the same as that turtle sticking its head out of the water in the middle of that life preserver on one try. Like, think about it. Like, that turtle had to find the life preserver to begin with in all of the oceans. It was the only turtle. The probability of you existing, pretty much zero. Meaning that, like, you are the textbook definition of a miracle. That's how I know that you're amazing. Even if we've never met. But I wonder, like, how often do you walk around thinking about just how amazing you are, my friend? How often... Do you think that like your life is a miracle and you treat it as such? The girlfriend, you are a force to be reckoned with, with all of your insight, all of your history, all of your experience, and that you are worthy just because you are who you are. Like how often do those thoughts cross through your brain? How often do you act from that place of knowing? I mean, most of us don't. Most of us don't. We don't build ourselves up like that. In fact, I think that some of you are afraid of even building yourself up like that because you don't want to be arrogant. I hear this a lot. Like, isn't that arrogant? I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want people to think that I'm arrogant. A little bit of a detour here. Like the difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance, my friend, means that you are putting others down so that you can feel better. It is about like making yourself big by making others small. That's arrogance. When you're arrogant, it comes at a cost to someone else. That is arrogance. Confidence is not arrogance. Confidence, on the other hand, is just owning who you are, owning what you're good at, what you believe about yourself. And that, that doesn't come at a cost to anyone. The only person that could lose from that is you if you don't have it. Difference, big difference between arrogance and confidence. But this this podcast isn't about confidence per se. It's about the negative self-talk that so many of us have going on in our head. That negative chatter is pretty loud. And I'd venture to say that if your negative self-talk is pretty loud, then your confidence is probably pretty low. And that is why in this episode of the Unstuck Yourself series, we're diving into negative self-talk. Because it's holding so many of you back. Like think about, think about the last time you screwed up or like you made a mistake. Because we all do it, right? Maybe you said something, maybe you did something, maybe you didn't do something, whatever it was. What went through your head when that happened? Like what did you think of you when you screwed up? What was a little voice in your head? Yes, we all have that little voice, that little voice that just goes, what little voice? That little voice. What did that little voice say in your head? 
Oh, screwed up again. I gotta screw everything up. Why can't I do anything right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not enough. Like some iteration of that. Sound familiar? Any of it? You know, I used to be in radio. Some of you know that. Some of you don't. But I was in news media for about 20 years. And when I got tapped to be a talk show host, I'm going to tell you something right now. That negative self-talk, that negative chatter going on in my brain was so loud. It was so loud and judgy. Oh my gosh. The little voice in my head is super judgy about me. If I mispronounced a name on the radio, if I read something wrong or kind of like stumbled over my words or like as a host, if I wasn't articulating my thought or my opinion in a way that I, I felt was like conveying my true emotion to the audience and I'd get all like all turned around, I'd, I'd get like super self-conscious and be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? People aren't listening. Da, 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 da. In fact, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, right? Born and raised in Pittsburgh. And if if you know anybody from Pittsburgh, you got, you got a bit of an accent. People from Pittsburgh, they, they got a bit of an accent. That's what the really deep Pittsburgh accent sounds like. And I worked really hard in radio to get rid of that accent, to kind of have more of a neutral accent, so to speak. <laughs> Pittsburgh accent is not neutral. <laughs> but one of the words that that I commonly would not mispronounce, but say with a Pittsburgh accent was Hunter. Like, I live in Phoenix, so at the end of a newscast, I would have to say, like, the temperature, and it's 101 degrees in Phoenix, okay? I didn't even know I was doing it. And at what point in time in my career, not only was I anchoring the afternoon news, but I was also filling in as the interim news director of the radio station. So I was in charge of the entire news department, which meant I got all of the emails from listeners, good, bad, angry, all of the above. And I got an email from a woman once saying, can you please tell your anchor in the afternoon to say 100, not hunnert, H-U-N-N-E-R-T. She mispronounces it all the time. And I had to laugh because like she was, she was emailing the anchor who says hunnert. And I had to laugh. It was funny. Like that one was funny to me. But there were many, many a times in broadcasting where I would beat myself up. And that negative self-talk in my head would sound something like, oh my gosh, you are such an idiot. Why do you say stupid things? You are losing credibility, girlfriend. You lose your credibility, you're going to lose your job. You know, listeners, they're not going to like you. They don't like you. They don't like what they have to say, what you have to say there. You don't know enough about this topic. Who do you think you are? Mmm, that one. Not pretty. It's ugly. It's freaking ugly. No one ever said those things to me. They may have thought them. They never said them to me. And it doesn't matter, frankly. But if someone was standing in front of you saying to you, you can't do anything right. What's wrong with you? You're so stupid. Why'd you do that? You messed everything up. It's all your fault. You're weird. You don't fit in. No one likes you. You're not good enough. Whatever that may be. If someone was standing in front of you saying that, you wouldn't just stand there and take it. Like, I'd, I'd hope most of you would at least walk away and not give that person another time of day. Some of you are probably going to argue with that person and then, you know, 
couple of you might punch him in the nose. Not that I'm advocating violence, but you get my point. You wouldn't take it. Let's switch it a little bit. Imagine someone was saying that stuff to your kid. You can't do anything right. What's wrong with you? You're so stupid. Why'd you do that? You mess everything up. It's all your fault. You're weird. You don't fit in. No one likes you. You're not good enough. Imagine someone saying that to your child. Or imagine them saying it to themselves. Ah, right? That's like a dagger to the heart. What I'm getting at here is you wouldn't take it. You wouldn't just stand there and say, thank you, miss. May I have another? No. But my friend, that's what you do to yourself all day long. You say those horrible things to yourself. Those destructive sentences that run through your brain nonstop that you practice over and over and over until you believe them, until they're just a pattern of thinking that you're even unaware of is optional. Yes, it's optional. Girlfriend, I'm here to tell you all of that, like that negative self-talk, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. You don't have to think that about yourself. You don't have to judge and beat up and put yourself down. You, you don't. Those are all thoughts. They're not true. And that conversation, that pattern of being, of the way you talk to yourself, that, my friends, was keeping you stuck. Albert Ellis is considered to be one of the forefathers of modern day psychology. And he once said, if human emotions largely result from thinking, then one might appreciably control one's feelings by controlling one's thoughts or by changing the internalized self-talk with which one largely created the feeling in the first place. Really, in essence, what he's saying is like your thoughts create your feelings. And you are the most powerful person in your world. And, you know, like I got to admit that I, I've spent a lot of time, energy, and effort cleaning up my thinking since those radio days. And it is, it's an evolution. I have done a lot of coaching with my coaches. I've done a lot of self-coaching on it myself. And it still shows up but in a very different way. Like the negative chatter is still there, but it's it's different. All that stuff that I was sharing with you before, there's still like, that's still there. But instead of it screaming at me at like a level eight or nine, I've got the volume of that turned down to like maybe a two. But there there's other like negative self-talk that is is less dramatic. It, it, it's more stealth. Maybe you can't relate to what it is that I shared with you before, but maybe you can relate to this, that less dramatic negative self-talk of like, well, what if this doesn't work? I, I don't know what I'm doing. I might mess this up. This is hard. Like that kind of stuff. And like, have you ever noticed that, that when you think this is hard, it doesn't get any easier? Really, in all honesty, when you think like this is hard, what happens? Your brain goes to work gathering all the evidence to prove just how hard it is, right? Interesting. See, like, we're not even aware of how our thoughts or our internal conversation is impacting us. So, like, if you keep thinking and talking about just how hard life is or how unfair life is, then you, my friend, are going to start acting and behaving from that perspective. You are. 
it, it's just a matter of considering that your life is the way it is, not because of your circumstances, but because of your self-talk around those circumstances. Like that internal dialogue that you have with yourself is either going to build you up or it's going to tear you down, not the circumstances. The circumstances are neither good nor bad. It's your thought about them that creates the good or the bad. But that's not what we're taught. Like I didn't, I didn't get a booklet on this in the eighth grade explaining how your thoughts create your feelings. No, we're taught how to chase things, how to change our circumstance in order to feel better, right? If you get the good grades, go get the job, the career, the bank account, the relationship, the house, the cars, the stuff. That's what's going to make you feel good. That's what's going to make you fulfill, feel fulfilled. That's what we're taught. And you know what? It does. For like a little bit. It does feel good for a little bit. But it's short-lived. It's like that roller coaster where you're like, ah, and you're going back down the other end. And when it no longer feels good, it just becomes normal part of your life that, yeah, I've got a college degree. Yeah, I've got this bank account. Yeah, I found the person I love and I'm married. Yeah, like you're now chasing something else in order to feel better or feel fulfilled. But like what if the thing that you're chasing, the thing that you're going after, never happens? Then what? Or like if we take it to the other end of the spectrum, let's say you eventually get it. What happens to your life in between, like now, then, or afterwards? What's that experience like? Gary John Bishop, he is uh, one of my favorite authors. He's very blunt and kind of crass at times, but I like him. He says, people spend their lives waiting for the Calvary all the while never realizing they are the Calvary. Your life is waiting for you to show up. I mean, like, yeah, in a nutshell, no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save you. And I'm not offering that to you to be harsh. I'm just being real. So what do you do? What do you do to quiet that negative self-talk, to change your thinking, And like to show up in your life right now the way you want to be, the way that you know you can be, you got to retrain your brain. Retrain your brain. You, my friend, have a unique collection of experiences in life. Things that you've done, things that have happened to you, your history, all of that. The time that you were born, the age that you were born in, like age meaning like the generation that you were born into, to the parents that you were born to, all of those things is unlike anyone else's. Unlike anyone else's. Remember? One, 400 quadrillion. Yeah. All of that has formed your current thinking. And some of that current thinking was formed a long, long time ago that you were programmed with that you've never really challenged. Those things shaped who you are and how you think. And you run everything through that filter of your life. And chances are a lot of those thoughts are automatic. They're patterns of thinking. They just come to you. It's not like you intentionally set out to think these things on purpose. They're just offered to you kind of like a default setting. It's how you are programmed with all those experiences in that history. Okay, great. 
but you can change it. If you don't like what your current thinking is creating for you, you can actually retrain your brain. Have you ever heard of the word neuroplasticity? Some of you have. It's become quite popular in different circles of of how to really rewire your brain. I mean, neuroplasticity is really a fancy word that says that you can actually change the physical structure of your brain. Great. Sounds awesome, Pamela. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> well, glad you asked. Habits. It's, it's through habits. Habits are things you do until they become automatic. Like for me, seatbelts are a habit. Every time I get in the car, whether I'm driving or not, I put my seatbelt on. And it wasn't always like that. I had to practice the habit of putting on a seatbelt. Growing up, I didn't always wear a seatbelt in the car. I remember that there was like a little dip in the road when I was going to dance class. This is obviously when I was younger. There was like a little dip in the road and I would stand on my head on that little, that little berm on the floor, like in between like the, the, the two foot mats are, right? That like little hump there. Yeah, I would stand on my head, do a headstand. I was not on a seatbelt, okay? That's the point that I'm getting at. But it wasn't until I started driving that... My parents would, you know, you got to wear a seatbelt, you got to wear a seatbelt, you got to wear a seatbelt. And they had to remind me constantly to wear a seatbelt. Now, I don't have to be reminded. Like I get in the, the car and it is just automatic, no matter what. Even though the car will yell at you if you don't put your seatbelt on, rarely does it yell at me because I always have to wear it. It feels weird if I don't. It has become a habit. So how do you retrain your brain? You practice the habit of assertive, positive thoughts. Notice I I put the word assertive in there as well, because this isn't all about like rainbows and unicorns, right? It's about assertive, positive thoughts. It's about reframing the situation. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to come naturally to you at first. You're going to have to practice it, but it will become easier to the point where you don't have to think about it, kind of like kind of like the seatbelt for me. You retrain or rewire your brain through that neuroplasticity. And some of you might be arguing with me going, it's not that easy. I get it. You're like, oh, I just have to change my thoughts. Yeah. But if that were easy, everyone would do it. This is where like coaching really comes into play to show you what's possible. Because the fact of the matter is you have a human brain, right? You beat... You beat the odds of 400 a quadrillion to one, and you were born human with a human brain. And that means your human brain is wired for survival. All human brains are. That's what's allowed us to survive as a species. But survival today looks very different than it did 200,000 years ago, right? Survival then was about, you know, staying warm, eating enough, drinking enough, outrunning, you know, a saber-toothed tiger, not many saber-toothed tigers around today, right? Survival today, though, looks like surviving your commute to work, surviving, you know, a soccer tournament where you're traveling. It means surviving the information overload of the internet or surviving feeling like you're being pulled in 20 different directions with no time to yourself. That is why you've got to catch your thoughts. You got to be aware of them. You got to challenge them. Look at them from a different perspective. That's about retraining your brain. And you know what? I've, I've got some, some concrete, tangible steps that you can do. 
to retrain your brain. But the reality is some of you are going to need help with it. And that's okay. That was me. The negative self-talk was so loud that it was drowning out the good in my life. Can you relate to this? Like, you know, there is so much good in your life, but it's really hard for you to experience it because of what's going on in your head. No judgment. <laughs> I lived it. I can speak of it this way because I lived it. I know what it feels like. And it was the main reason why I hired my first coach. And if that sounds like you, and you have been thinking about possibly hiring a coach, I'm going to tell you in just a little bit how you can work with me if that's something that you're interested in. But first, I want you to consider this. How much can you stand your current thinking? How much can you stand it? Are you willing to change it? Consider those two questions. Because if the answer is yes, then the next question is usually how. How do you do it? And to be honest, I don't know exactly how you should do it. I don't know exactly how that looks for you. Why? Because again, you are unique. You have a unique set of circumstances, histories, and experiences in life. You are one in 400 quadrillion. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what exactly you should do. I'm not you. You're the expert on you, not me. And I think sometimes we fail to realize that about ourselves. So we want like a clear cut plan laid out for us going, if we do step one, step two, step three, we'll get this result. And when we do step one, step two, step three, and we don't get that result, we're like, see, we can't be fixed. No, my friend, that plan didn't work for you because that plan worked for someone else who's not you. I'm inviting you to figure out what works for you. And it starts with being willing to look at your thoughts, to recognize that negative chatter is just a bunch of thoughts, just a bunch of sentences in your brain, which means you don't have to think them. They are all optional, optional. And for some of you, just realizing that, just realizing I don't have to think that is permission enough to leave some of those negative thoughts behind because you realize you don't have to take them with you. But other thoughts, I know, are a lot harder to let go of. They feel so true. They've been a part of you for so long. What do you do with those? You look at them. You look at them. You look at them by writing them down and looking at them. You can also speak them out loud. You can talk to your husband, your wife, your sister, your brother, your best friend, a coach, somebody in your church. Hell, you can talk to yourself. I, <laughs> I do this. You can steal this idea too if you want. I, I do this a lot. When I go to walk Bob the dog, my uh, crazy chocolate lab, I'll take my AirPods with me. And I pop my AirPods in, but I don't turn them on. I just go for a walk with my AirPods in and I talk to myself. I talk like I'm talking to my coach. <laughs> like I share my, th I hear my thoughts. I talk about what I'm challenged with, what's going through my head. And then I ask questions as if I were the coach. 
listening to a client. And then I answer them. I know. This may make me sound super crazy, but I don't care. I'm willing to sound that way to give you this tip, this trick, this hack, because it works so well for me. By just talking it out loud for myself, I'm able to get so much clarity. And the AirPods, the AirPods just make people that see me walking and talking, thinking that I'm talking to somebody on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that's why I do it. I like, I don't mind like, you know, looking like I'm a little out of it, but the AirPods kind of give me a little bit of cover. Do it. Steal the idea. It's awesome. And then that stuff that I can't figure out of the blind spot that I keep just kind of bumping into, that's the stuff I take to my coach. Because when you write stuff down or you speak it out loud, it is an entirely different experience than just having those sentences ping pong around in your brain. You get them out. You can look at them. You can explore them. Oh, and uh, yeah, this is important too. Pay attention to the thoughts you don't want to write down or the things that you're afraid to tell other people or to speak out loud. Like that's the stuff that is probably really holding you back. I just want you to notice that stuff. Is it true? Why does it feel so true? Be willing to look at it. Like this, like this is why coaching is so powerful. I love it because it is this unbiased, independent, third-party person that I can just say whatever is on my mind and they're not emotionally impacted by it. I mean, when was the last time you were able just to speak freely and not worry about what the other person was thinking or how they were feeling? Having somebody who I can say whatever I want and they're not emotionally impacted by it and then they can help me unpack it has been such a gift to myself. So much so that that's why I became a coach. There's a lot of reasons why I became a coach, but the value and the gift and the space that you hold for someone else just to be exactly where they are and help them navigate that journey is so powerful that I wanted to be a part of that for others. So are you willing? Are you willing to explore your thoughts? Take a look at that negative self-talk. Turn on the lights in your brain and see what's going on up there. Like, are you willing to create an awareness around the thoughts that are hurting you more than they are helping you? Like, are you willing to be intentional with what you say to yourself? Because like, you already know, you already know how the negative talk plays out. You know, you know what beating yourself up mentally feels like. You already know how that plays out. So I'm offering you a, something new. Let's see how this works, how this works plays out. Because no matter how hard or challenging the circumstances are in your life, how you relate to them is going to shape your experience of them. What you make them mean with the story that you create about yourself and what you tell yourself about that is everything. If you're if you're still stuck on the how to do this, well, as, you know, write it down, take a look at the thought, Talk to someone, speak it out loud. Another simple hack, though, is to reframe the problem or the challenge into an opportunity. Like the very act of looking at an opportunity creates curiosity. Just being willing to, to get curious instead of judgmental can allow you to learn a lot. Write down the problem and then reframe it into an opportunity. Or you can talk to someone you trust and, and help th have them help you reframe that into an opportunity. And, and I'm not going to ignore the fact that 
you know, horrible things happen in this world. And, you know, like I said, I've worked in the news business for nearly 20 years. I reported on and even witnessed some of those horrible things firsthand. People can do horrible things, disgusting things to each other. And if someone did something horrible or disgusting to you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've experienced that. And I acknowledge and I want to recognize that it can be hard to reframe it into an opportunity. And you know what? You don't have to. You honestly do not have to. I am not trying to minimize or invalidate what it is that you went through. What I'm trying to do is empower you to shift and reframe it in a way that helps you versus hurts you. That's all this is. And sometimes that's easier said than done. And if you need help with it, I want to help. This is the work that I have done on myself. This is what I have studied and what I have navigated in my own head. So I know what it's like to have that voice in your own head saying pretty nasty things to yourself or just even hiding in plain sight, not recognizing some of those thoughts and how they are holding you back, how you're holding yourself back. So if you want help with this, the negative self-talk, helping yourself get unstuck, and you want to explore what it would look like to work with me, and you've thought about getting a coach, I think the, the best way to decide whether or not you want a coach is to experience coaching. I would invite you to head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com. And right there on the front page, there is a button to book your free coaching session with me. Come experience coaching with me to see if it's something that works for you, how I can help you, how you can start to turn down the volume of that negative self-talk in your head. It is possible to start challenging those thoughts that you've believed for so long that are not true. And just starting to the wiggle loose that part of your life. Because you don't have to live like that. You can have a rich, fulfilling life right now with nothing else in your life changing. We don't have to go about changing the circumstances in order to feel better. Because feeling good is an inside job. It starts and it ends with you. And if you want to dive into that and you want to explore that and really see what's possible for you, head over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and book that free coaching session and we'll dive into it together. I have just a handful of one-on-one coaching slots available right now. And if that's something that you're interested in for the new year and you really want to take 2023 into your own hands, let me show you how. All right. We have covered a lot here this week. I'm super stoked because this is the stuff that, I mean, mm, I've worked so much on and it just makes me so excited to share it with you because I know the difference in the impact it can have in your life. All right, my friends, that's what I have for you this week. I'll see you next. Listen, if you're still feeling a little stuck and need a little help right now, wiggling loose, I got you. 
I put together a guide, a free guide to help you feel better right now. These are simple strategies that you can start today to feel better faster. Just go to fourwaystofeelbetter.com. That's the number four, waystofeelbetter.com. I tell you, these are going to help you slow down, take a breath, gain some perspective and control of what's happening in your life right now. And it's free because we could all use a little help and I'm here to help. Grab it by going to fourwaystofeelbetter.com. Again, that's the number four, waystofeelbetter.com. And start wiggling loose.